listeners, thanks for joining us again. You're listening to 801 Horror Cult with Carrie Antipants and Mary Postmortem. Woo! So we just looked today. Woo! And we have triple digits on our downloads. Oh my gosh. We're shocked. Hell yeah. I am especially shocked because we said that when we got to 50 downloads, we'd do a drunk episode. So we recorded that. Which you will hear in two weeks. Yes. Because <laughs> outtakes week. Wait. Yeah, we're playing out takes. Yeah. So So by the time they listen to this, they'll actually have already heard it. I feel like I'm drunk now. (laughs) It's, you never know what you're going to get with us. Yeah. Which is why we're so entertaining. It's true. So now that we have 100, we have to do another drunk episode. You guys get two of our crazy shenanigans. Shenanigans run high. Yeah. (laughs) I feel that we should confetti bomb this place, but then I have to clean it up. Yeah, that doesn't sound fun. Uh, No, just the confetti bomb part is not the cleaning up. Yeah, nobody likes cleaning up the spice of the paper. No. No, no one likes that. (laughs) So, uh, Miss Anti-Pants. Yes. You had the wonderful idea of doing shots for our next drunk episode. I was drunk when we said it. I know. And now I'm (laughs) frightened. It sounded good. Yeah. I'm frightened because... I don't know. We're going to try. <laughs> yeah. We're going to try to to do a shot episode for you, but look forward to that. <laughs> Good luck. Today, <laughs> however, we have something that's very integrated into Utah. <gasps> What's that? Mormons. I'm going to say pickles. You know, I really could Mormons are very good at storage, and I they, imagine they that they know how to make some really good pickles and, and kimchi and candy. Candy, fruit preserves. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure it's molasses candy or lemon candy, like they have at the Brigham Young house, but. Oh, yeah. All the old school candy. All the old school. Have you guys ever been to the Brigham house? I I love the Brigham house, but I liked it better when I was a kid. Didn't we go, like, didn't every school in Utah Every school in Utah went in, like, fourth grade when we started going about, we started learning in fourth grade about Utah history. Uh And we took a trip to downtown Salt Lake and we went to the Brigham Young house. Yeah. And now when you go to the Brigham Young house, you're greeted by sister missionaries, and then they try to convert you as you leave, and it's not as fun. Do they try and convert They you? do. They, like, have, they get you into a room, right, and they tell you a little bit of the history, and then they're like, if you want to take a Book of Mormon or you want any information about the church, well, please maybe, let us know. Maybe they're just throwing it out and not like, you will be one of us. I don't know. I walk down any street in this, in this we state, should go. and I'm like, you're one of us. I'm down. I love the Beehive House. Let's, I love uh, museums. Let's dress up like polygamists. <laughs> we could do the hair but bump instead and of, everything. But instead of like... Sister Mary, I am Sister Kira. <laughs> I was going to say instead Our of... Our husband is somewhere down the street. <laughs> we snuck away. Help. <laughs> help us. Instead of being the homely... um polygamy mormons we should be like wives of satan or something and have like black dresses when we go yes maybe hand out the satanic bible by anton Levey. i'm pretty sure we would get arrested because that's private property i don't think we'd get arrested i think they just kick us off and give us a warning <laughs> it is private that's property you're right yeah but i don't think they're gonna arrest you for handing out literature how come they're not getting arrested handing out their book because of mormons they own that <laughs> touche <laughs> they have more of a say than we do Touche. So, You're welcome. That's my drink. <laughs> it's it's delicious. 
We're getting deep down into Ruta's Utes today. That's the point. Just as much as I'm getting deep down into this coffee. My coffee is almost gone. <laughs> yeah, you won. I. But there, no, when we take shots, I'll win. You will win. <laughs> because I don't know if my stomach's going to let me I'll keep the shots I'll be Kira plastered pens. <laughs> Kira party pens. Party pens. Party pens. Sparkly shorts. <laughs> sparkly short pens. I need to get some sparkly shoes. You do. Why you need to get like metallic those? ones. <gasps> yes. The shimmery metallic ones. And then I can get the crazy uh, knee highs to go with it. Yes. Because I have crazy socks, but I don't think I have crazy knee highs yet. Well, that yeah, would go with that. You have knee highs. I have a shit ton of knee highs. <laughs> I haven't seen crazy knee highs yet. I'll bust them out. But you know what? You can't wear knee highs unless you're freeing the knee. We're both wearing shorts today, by the way. There's some more of my drink for you guys. Yep, slurp, slurp, slurp on her coffee. I'm sorry, Zach. <laughs> you speaking, can cut this out if you want. <laughs> speaking of Zach. Yes. So, listeners. Yes. There is a third member of our group that you don't see. Her third member. <laughs> he, <laughs> like, a, like a giant uh, three-headed, only like three crotch did... <laughs> wow <laughs> you said member so i just assumed <laughs> you were just talking about pickles and then you're like members I like what if, there was a, though. what if there was a mythological creature that instead All of three of heads, heads three... each tip is just weird looking <laughs> it like doesn't have a head it just opens its pants and there's like different heads <laughs> there's us that. and i'm like hey there's like three crotches I don't have and hands. can you apply my lipstick oh, please wow. <laughs> that went down a dark hole really quickly it sure did it sure did but no there is a third member of our cast here mm-hmm. he's a phantom dun 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 or a specter dun 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 or ghostly dun 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 because he haunts the tracks and makes us sound presentable yeah because our rough cuts are rough <laughs> <laughs> at this point you've probably heard the clip show <laughs> yeah. yes if not or if you would like to laugh again, go back. Go and back. Re-listen and listen to it. it. <laughs> so our our phantom of our tracks is, dun, dun, dun. is Zach. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and he has possessed us today to talk about something that is a part of Utah Roots, and that is Mormonry, Mormonry. alongside <laughs> Masonry. <laughs> Mormons and the Freemasons. And the Freemasons. Freemasons run the country. <laughs> I love Simpsons. Isn't that the Illuminati? So there is Or this, the New World Order. So both of those are connected to the Masons, supposedly, mm-hmm. if you believe such conspiracy theories. There's a... I can't remember their name, but every July, they have weird, freaky parties in the Redwoods. Yeah, like all the rich people. Yeah, there's some sort of, like, occultist ritual where they have yeah. to wear black robes or whatever and have, like... Yeah. Sexual rituals or some craziness. Would you like a spanking? <laughs> If there's on. a redwood paddle, it has holes drilled into it. It has to. It would be giant. Have you seen those trees? They are. They're huge. They're beautiful. I they like, are. I like the ones that you could just walk through because they're so tall and there's a little archway and you're like, is this what it's like to be a gnome? Did you know that Redwood yes. Road was actually a redwood tree barrier that Brigham Young had set up to keep? Is that why it's called Redwood? Yep, that's why it's called Redwood Road. I wondered because we don't have redwoods here. 
Uh, at some point, there was redwoods, but I can't remember really? where he got him, got them. Yeah, but he, yeah, <laughs> he, just, he he just unearthed them from California. He might have actually. I don't remember how the story goes. I just remember that Brigham Young wanted to keep his followers, quote unquote, secure from like the Civil War and like the shit that was brewing. <laughs> These redwoods would keep you safe, children. Pretty much. So he marked off a barrier <laughs> at Redwood Road. I'm gonna do that with duct tape. <laughs> <laughs> All I, I Love safe. Lucy episode. I just, am behind the duct tape. This side of the house is mine, and that side of the house is yours. <laughs> You're evil. You can't touch me. I am duct taped. Is that your phone or is that I my that's tablet? Your, that's your tablet. That is your tablet. <laughs> Shut up, tablet. That is your tablet, dinging and donging. Dingling, dingling, dong along. My ding- Have you heard that song, My Dingling? Yes. <laughs> Won't you play with, with my dingling? It reminds me of the. You Simpsons guys need to episode. check it out. It reminds me of the Simpsons episode where they're doing the, the talent show, and the student gets up there and he's like, "My dingling, my dingling. <laughs> yeah. Won't you play with my?" And then like Skinner comes on, and he's like, "This performance is over." And he just like scoots the kid off the stage. Yep. Questionable I remember song. hearing that song in elementary because I was on a, we were planning a dance party and I was with my friend and her mom and we were trying to listen to me, find music to play for, I think it's like a 60s and 70s and Great. party. And her mom played this. And we we're in elementary, mind you. <laughs> right. We thought it was the best song in the I world. can see it. <laughs> Especially, you know, being me. <laughs> Made sure not to sing it in front of my mom, though, because she's Mormon. Yeah, because it sounds very questionable when you sing that song in front of adults. I should sing it for her now. <laughs> We're just going to bust out in chorus on this podcast. Just my dear. Like, Zach, play this for mom. <laughs> just kidding. Don't. I don't want her mad. Put it in a Mother's Day card. Just the recording. <laughs> You know the ones where you can record. <laughs> yeah. Get a Mother's Day card for her. I already do so many questionable things. <laughs> she would just be like, oh, Lord. It's here the we thought go that again. counts, Kara. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I don't know. Fine. At some point, I'm pretty sure she's given up on me. <laughs> she's like, no, too much, Kara. Too far this time. My chair's farting, by the way, people. It's saying hello. We're never not going to have a show where that chair does not fart. No, that's live. We did. We did. It just didn't work because the Skinwalker Ranch, the first recording. Oh, that's right. The, the only haunted time it was episode. Cl- yeah, because I was sitting on a Skinwalker. You were sitting on a Skinwalker. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's talk a little bit about... Pickles. Pickles. Plastic pickles. Plastic, dill-seasoned, fermented. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Vinegary. Vinegary. <laughs> that's how you make a pickle. Acidic. Tangy. <laughs> Mmm, acid reflux. <laughs> it burns so good. It's supposed to help with nausea, though. I believe it. If pickle you are juice, queasy. Pickle juice pickle. has a lot of uh, electrolytes in it. So when you get sick. God, didn't we cover this last time? I, I know we we've talked about it before. We always go back to the electrolytes. <laughs> it's what powers our body. It's what fuels us. And it us. also powers our podcast. <laughs> I believe the first one we were talking about electrolytes. I think we were, we're too. But it got it got cut because the phantom was like no no one needs to know the secret of the electrolytes the phantom's like fuck electrolytes <laughs> and the police right don't fuck the police unless and they're the hot desert. in the Get desert out of here. hey if if you're a good looking police officer <laughs> send us a picture on where mary on the insta or at 801 horror zero 
C C U L T. Also, we have a Twitter. We do, which I'm sure is the same handle because I haven't logged in. It is. <laughs> okay. We need to get better at using our Twitter. We're not very good with the social media. I'm good at being a twat, not a twit. <laughs> we can barely get the equipment to work. <laughs> it's true. Zach I is carrying know. this whole show. <laughs> he really is. We we would be screwed. <laughs> We're just the pretty entertainment. And when I say pretty, I mean, just kidding. Pretty goofy. <laughs> yeah. Again, we have faces for podcasts. <laughs> or purdy faces for a bad podcast. We're reversed. We're far more attractive than the things we talk about. You know that's really true. I know. That's <laughs> <laughs> sad, but it is true. <laughs> Enough with the self-esteem bashing. Let's bash some Masons and some Mormons. <laughs> Ooh, are we going to get Negan on them? Ooh. Let me grab my Lucille. Lucille. Speaking of a Lucy. <laughs> Lucy Goosey. Um, a Mr. Joseph Smith I call Jr. Mr. Joe. Mr. Joe. I call him Mr. Joe. Mr. Joseph Smith Jr., who is the original prophet and founder of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yes. Which are um, followers of doctrine um, by the name of the Book of Mormon. So for all intents and purposes, these individuals who follow this particular theology and faith and prophet, we're going to refer to as Mormons. Also, trigger warning, if you're Mormon, we're sorry. <laughs> you probably don't want to listen to this podcast don't, if you're a devout Mormon. Don't take offense. We mean nothing by it. I figure we should throw a trigger in there. We should. Yeah. I mean, every episode just we're triggered. We're walking we're, triggers. Being we're on very controversial and very crass. If you haven't. You know, we pick on everybody, everybody. and everything. Even Nobody. ourselves. Yeah. We just did. We just did. <laughs> but nobody's safe. There's a lot of hatred in this podcast and it's where we get our humor from. Hatred full of love. <laughs> hatred full of ha-has as in laughing, which creates love. True. It is true. Much hatred love to you all. <laughs> I'm going to make that a shirt. We actually really love you all for downloading us and listening to our, to our shenans. Dude, we went up a whole bunch from this morning. From this morning. I'm pretty sure maybe my computer got hacked. That can't be right. It's the skinwalker. He just keeps downloading the same episode over and over again. He's like, she said my name. She <laughs> sat on me. I'm famous <laughs> now. She sat on me. <laughs> She sat on me. I'm going to make that a shirt. Would you guys buy it? I'm famous now. She sat on me. Damn it, Gary. That is going to be the that's, first shirt. That's going to be a shirt, guys. Damn it, Gary. Damn it, Gary. And then you guys can get them for Christmas presents for people named Gary. And it will be an act of love. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, cycling back to Mr. Joe. Mr. Joseph Smith Jr., getting my paper so i'm legit because we actually do write notes they might not be thorough but they are here and they kind of look like chicken scratches <laughs> so mr joseph smith jr came from a new england family of 11 children and they he were was, busy <laughs> yes he was the fifth child of joseph smith senior and lucy smith um lucy, much like lucy <laughs> So much like a lot of the families in that area, they had a farm and it was a failing farm and they were very poor. Did you say what number he was out of those 11? He was the fifth child. He was number five. So he was almost, he was right smack there He's in the middle. He's not even good enough to be a middle, like a, an even number. He's not. He's number five. <laughs> He's an odd duck for 
An odd thing he will create later. Yes. Um, when Joseph Jr. was 10, his family packed up shot and moved to Palmera, New York. New York, New York. New York, New York. So Hello, this New is York people who aren't listening. Respectively upstate New York or... I... I didn't map it. Yeah, New York is so huge. So, like, if I'm getting the directions wrong, I am so sorry. New I've York, never been that far huge. east. You know, New York also produces some pretty fancy-looking men. They do. Mm-hmm. They're, it's not known as the Big Apple for nothing. So, when Joseph was still young, when he was about the age of 14, so when he was a teenager... I knew you were going to read that. I was looking at that one, too. Um, he became very confused about religion and God and all that stuff. Which Usually when you're 14, you get confused exactly. about sexual orientation. Or anything. So when Joseph was 14 and he was confused about presumably his sexuality and also God, <laughs> he went to the most peaceful place he could think of, which was the forest, which ironically is also the place I think of when I well, think of peace. Rationally speaking, that's what any teenage boy would do. Only I would go punch dance out my rage. Like in hot That's rod. what he was doing. He was punched. Like he was just out there. He's out there. Look at me. God, forgive me. Stupid <laughs> villagers don't know anything about religion. Hush. <laughs> he turned into Napoleon. <laughs> this is where John Heater got the inspiration. Was young Damn Joseph Hiram, Smith. Hiram, where's my tots? <laughs> God, Hiram stole my tots. <laughs> God, that wig makes you look like a medieval warrior. <laughs> I think that's my favorite line from that movie. <laughs> that wig looks make you look like a medieval. <laughs> that wig makes you look like a medieval warrior. What's a liar? <laughs> like that's my. It's a liar. It's a mythical creature that has preferred skills in magic. <laughs> There's so many classic lines from there. It's so good. <laughs> Back so, to Joseph, as Mr. The, Joe. As the story goes, um, and this is a very, this is the story that the Mormon missionaries come to you to tell you why their church is the true church of the Lord, um, is that when Joseph Smith was 14, after being inspired by the Bible verse, James uh, chapter 1, verse 5, it states, if any of you lack wisdom, lack wisdom, whoa, if any of you lack Was he wisdom, drunk when he wrote it? Oh, James. You know, it Lay was off the Jesus juice. It was <laughs> it was the Middle East. It was biblical times. Of course, he was sipping the wine while he was drinking this. It was probably really hot. And there was no electrolytes. And, back and there was your wine was your electrolytes because it was fermented. <laughs> there was no water. You're in the desert. Oh, the Middle Eastern desert. desert. <laughs> I would definitely be a nudist there. They had loincloths for a reason, or like the shawls or whatever. The togas. Is that, mm. that's, is a toga in Greece? Yeah. They had togas. I, w- I would rock a toga. So would I, man. It's like the, it's like the predecessor to the muumuu, the toga. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't do a muumuu. I would. I totes would. Junior Joseph. <laughs> Mr. Joe Jr. He sounds like he's from the sticks. Felt it. <laughs> felt heavy in his heart Me and too. inspired by James 1 5 that probably says his cholesterol it probably is if any of you lack wisdom let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and unbraithed not and it shall be given to him so Joseph did what any sensible and completely rational teenager would do any any he went into the woods at night alone hello diddlers of the 1800s he Come went into the woods at night alone boy. <laughs> and prayed 
Because pray when I'm thinking or quote about praying, unquote, prayed. when when I'm thinking about praying, I don't, you know, who needs to be in a church or next to their bed or out in the sunlight? Yeah, I'm going to be in the middle of a moist wood in the dark, where I could possibly get murdered by bums of the 1850s, or eaten by wolves, or eaten by wolves, or coyotes, or God knows what's else living in the New York, or die of Lyme disease because some ticks got <laughs> or, you, or, or a you know a prairie dog hole just tripping in it, breaking your ankle. Were there prairie dogs back in New York though? Maybe. I feel like they're a national animal, aren't they? I think they're badgers. Maybe they are. But um, the plains. Oh, you got a good point. More More dry dry lands. That's a good point. Well, I mean, there's badgers everywhere, aren't there? Badgers have holes. Badgers Badgers have holes. They do, don't they? (laughs) Everything has a hole. (laughs) Sometimes they have more. They're called orifices when they're on bodies, Kara. (laughs) I'm not discriminating. Don't be so judgmental, Mary. Leave the badgers out of this. I'm the one that <laughs> brought them up. Leave the badgers alone. I'm the one that brought them up and I'm like, leave them alone. Honey badgers don't care. So in a way, you're yelling at yourself. I know. I'm mad at myself. <laughs> it's because deep down inside, I am a badger. Do you need to go pray about it in the woods? I do. At night at by night. yourself. I need, to, I need to transport back to my 14-year-old self <laughs> and go to New York Find a, a wooden area and just go in the middle of night, like during the witching hour of midnight, and just pray <laughs> in the dirt where my <laughs> knees are going to sink in and get all muddy and gross. Would it be, dear Lord, baby Jesus, seven pounds, 11 ounces? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Actually, it would be, it would be Jeebus. 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 Ah, be like, sweet little baby Jeebus in your manger. Now we're just mashing up two things. I know. This is what we do. <laughs> It is true. This show is like mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. That's Anything right. Anything and everything We're full goes in of it. carbs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do have the carbs. You carb feel sated, but you're still empty on the inside. <laughs> you're just cultivating mass. <laughs> and now you know what it's like to date us. <laughs> oh, God, that's why we're single. <laughs> Boom! Who needs sugar when you have a carby girlfriend? <laughs> I still need sugar. So I'm, not, I'm not into chicks. <laughs> I needs me a man and sugar. Oh, the sugar. I, I'm down for a sugar daddy. For sure. For sure. How old? Like Silver fox age. Silver fox are far beyond where their wheelchair died No, oh no. No, 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 no. I still have to be like physically attracted to this man. So it's if he's true. like... <laughs> in a wheelchair, what like, weird... looks like an old leather bag from the 1940s. Oh, hey, I can't. Don't knock it. You might find some leather bag, wheelchair-bound man. That's, you're just like, suddenly you're like, oh, You lost mama. me at leather bag. <laughs> what did you want me to say? Leather satchel? No, I just like, <laughs> first of all, I don't even, like, wear leather. <laughs> what so if like... you want to caress all of his wrinkly skin? <laughs> You want to play connect That would the never dots. happen. That would never happen. Never in my life have I been like, man. You're like, look, this kind of looks like a constellation. <laughs> so. Yes. In his own words, Joseph recalled the event he experienced. But exerting all of my powers to call upon God to deliver me out of the power of this enemy, which had seized upon me. And at the very moment when I was ready to sink into despair and abandon myself into destruction. Wait, and abandon myself to destruction, <laughs> not to an imaginary ruin, but to the power of some actual being from the unseen world who had such marvelous power as I had never before felt in any being. 
Just at this moment of great alarm, I saw a pillar of light exactly over my head above the brightness of the sun, which descended gradually until it fell upon me. It no sooner appeared that I found myself delivered from the enemy which held me bound. When the light rested upon me, I saw two personages, whose brightness and glory defy all description, standing above me in the air. One of them spake unto me, calling me by name, and said, pointing to the other, This is my beloved son, hear him. One of the beings would go on to give Joseph the answer he had been seeking. I was answered that I must join none of them, meaning church uh, churches, for they were all wrong, and the personages who addressed me said that all their creeds were an abomination in his sight, that those professors were all corrupt, that they draw near me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They teach for doctrines, doctrines and commandments of men, having a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. He would have a second visitation in 1823, this time while praying at night in the woods. He would be visited by an angel named Moroni. Moroni would tell him about the set of golden plates that documented the history of the inhabitants of the Americas. I'm going to break that down to dumb people. Yes. Because <laughs> I'm funny. <laughs> Go for it. So this is what I wrote. So then when he was cloaked in the darkness, like, oh, no. And then the band of the darkness showed up in the woods and was thinking, I believe in the thing God loves. <laughs> and he was like, whoa. And then suddenly, bam, light appears around him. Two rando figures appeared. And they were like, yo, bro, you confused? Here your answers your heart desired. And he was like, cool. Thanks, rando blinding dudes. That was part one. Part then one. the second vision. He was, uh, where did I write it? <laughs> With the second vision, this angelic dude was like, name Morona. He was like, hey there, I got some cool golden plates for you. And Mr. Joe was like, cool. Let the Mormonism begin. <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. So for anyone who might not be familiar with Mormonism, the idea is, is that Joseph had this second visit from Moroni and Moroni guided him to these golden plates that were supposedly um, created, like forged by descendants of, it was David, right? I don't remember, probably. So, so essentially, basically what the plates say is that a group of um, Israelites... Basically, or Middle Not Easterns. hookers. Not hookers. <laughs> but a group of Israelites made their way to the North American continent before anybody else had ever sailed the sea. Before anyone found out that the earth was round, somehow these people from Jerusalem or the areas respectively nearby built a boat and then sailed across um, the Atlantic or the, across the Atlantic because they ended up near New York conveniently. But these plates had been pure gold, by the way, 24 karat gold. You guys sell them for a lot. Like a book, like a, like an old school dictionary out of like oh, the tr- 1920s, right? Imagine throwing those at someone. Throw <laughs> the book at them, the gold book. How would you even like lift that to throw it? Like you'd need if like a... If you have a- telekinesis, it's easy. <laughs> it makes sense to me. I mean, they're Mormons. They have all sorts of superpowers. Hell yeah. Dabble in witchcraft. We're going to get to that later. Um, Drinking H2O now. (laughs) So these plates that were forged by this this lineage of Israelites that came to America before anyone else. America. And this is what Joseph Smith translated into what is known today as the Book of Mormon, which is part of their um, biblical doctrine, their their religious doctrine of their their religion. (laughs) Um. So Joseph Smith, after he 
had these visions and he start and he found the plates and he started his religion. Um, Ayo. The Mormons ended up going to Nauvoo, Illinois. And while they were in Nauvoo, Illinois, this is where the Mormons and the Masons mash up. So I want to stop there really quickly on the Mormons because I want to focus on Joseph Smith particularly and his family. Because what I find most interesting about Mr. Joseph Smith is that his older brother Hiram and his father, Joseph Smith Sr., were both Masons. Um, I believe they were uh, Grandmaster Mason levels. Grandmaster Mason? It's like <laughs> Master Monkey Fresh. Exactly. Yes. In addition to Masonry. Yes. Joseph Smith Sr. and his wife Lucy. Lucy! Were very much believers and practitioners of witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And Lucy, Miss Smith, she actually passed on her her knowledge of magical stuff Magic. to her sons. And the family themselves were very obsessed with finding treasures. So they had this idea that there was treasure buried <laughs> all over the United States. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure how this ties to witchcraft, but they had this belief that there were there was buried treasure everywhere in the United States. I think and that's they were just greed. Right. They were obsessed with finding this. Um, Fayette Lafemme, who visited the Smith family around 1830, made the following statement to Historical Magazine in May of 1870. This Joseph Smith Sr., we soon learned from his own lips, was a firm believer in witchcraft and other supernatural things and had brought up his family in the same belief. He also believed that there was a vast amount of money buried somewhere in the country, that it would someday be found that he himself had spent both time and money searching for it with divining rods but had not su- had not succeeded in finding any, though sure that he eventually would. Another person by the name of Joshua Stafford stated, I, Joshua Stafford, became acquainted with the family of Joseph Smith Sr. about the year 1890 or 20. They were laboring people in low circumstances. A short time after this, they commenced digging for hidden treasures, and soon after they became indolent and told marvelous stories about ghosts, hobgoblins, caverns, and various other mysterious matters. <laughs> Hobgoblins. <laughs> when I read that earlier, I was like, that is my new favorite word. Right. You hobgoblin. Even after the formation of the church, the Smith family continued to practice magic. They had become particularly obsessed with finding money that was supposedly buried under seer stones and divining rods. The obsession was even included by Joseph Smith, um, included a revelation of God putting treasure throughout the land in the Doctrine of Coverance as part of a holy manuscript, manuscript Mormon use in their teaching. So this, to me... Um, is really strange for two reasons. For one, if you're anybody who watch, watches Discovery Channel, there are hidden treasures throughout the United States. Mm-hmm. There's a show all about it. Um, additionally, my dad, who came from rural Utah, who came from a very early, and the town was early settled by morning, Mormons. By uh, mornings. By mornings. <laughs> by Mormons who were miners, right? So there was a lot of mining in this town. My dad, when he wanted to retire... He always wanted to search for treasure, too. Additionally, my dad's family had some really strange um, superstitions that are really old. Like, superstitions that have taken me years to track down their original meaning for. Really? Yeah. Things like, um, <clears throat> growing up, and my dad was like, 
he wasn't a tall dude, but he was a big dude. Like he had a big skeletal frame and he packed a lot of dense muscle on his upper body and he was very intimidating and he had a He looked like a WWE wrestler? Kind of, yeah. Like he was like WF times, I should say. Yeah. So he was a baby boomer and you know, he grew up in the sticks of Utah and he was Hexa Jim Duggan. (laughs) He was just a a big intimidating dude, had a deep timber to his voice, had a temper, you know. People didn't mess with him. But he and so I, I rarely saw my dad afraid or nervous throughout my lifetime. But when I was little, I remember playing with an umbrella in the house and I kept trying to opening, open it oh. in the house. And my mom was like, don't do that. And I'm <laughs> like, why? And she's like, just don't do it. And I'm, I kept asking her why. And she's like, well, there's a superstition about it and you're just not supposed to. And I'm like, well, what the hell are you? What superstition? Because mm-hmm. at this point, I'm like nine years old. I had heard about Friday the 13th. I had heard about spilling salt. I had heard about knocking on wood, all these other never heard about an umbrella. Mm-hmm. So I, you know. I asked my dad and my dad had this look on his face that was like nervous. And it was the first time I had ever seen my dad look this way where it's like he was nervous, but it wasn't sure he believed why he was nervous, if I'm making sense. (laughs) And I was like, so, dad, why can't you open an umbrella in the house? And he says, well, I was told that when you open an umbrella in the house, someone in your family will die soon after. So you don't open an umbrella in the house. Such I a, hadn't even heard the dying part. I know. Like, it's... Hmm. So, I just recently, a couple months ago, I had been looking up superstitions for something else, and I found it. And apparently, it's an insult to the sun god. What's interesting about this is that in Celtic... um, Well, in modern neo-pagan Celtic mythology, and a lot of my... um, My surname is Celtic, which is my dad's name. They believe that the sun god is, like... They have a sun god. His name's Lug. And one of the things that the sun god has been associated with in different theologies is death. Like, so he's also the reaper. I personally believe that. So it made sense to me that you would insult the sun god and then he would come and take a member of your family. But shouldn't his robe be yellow? (laughs) He's bright and sunny. This is true. (laughs) So I also believe... I am going to make him a new robe. He will be shiny. Like, corn is associated with the god Luke as the sun god because corn blooms in the summertime. See? And corn is what color? It's yellow. Yeah. I'm not doubting you. He probably <laughs> does have a yellow cloak, but we see it as black because it's so bright. Well, I don't like that. I just want to see bright. I'm also mashing up, like, neo-paganism yeah. and stuff, so. It's it just not... made me think, why is he wearing black then? Right. Death should be cheery. Because he needs to be incognito when he's coming to get you. <laughs> he's like, the number He needs to cover all that blinding light. Gotta, you can't be looking at that. I gotta cover my skeletal structure. <laughs> I'm naked and it's windy. I took a break from all the cornfields with my side to come and get you. With my side. <laughs> Hecking down lives now. No more corn stalks for me. That's right. <laughs> I'm just gonna do a little chop of dough. So I thought that that was interesting that yeah. like... My dad, who was, you know, out of touch growing up with, like, mainstream Salt Lake culture, had these really weird superstitions and how he wanted to go hunt. And I never asked him why. Like, why do you want to go hunt for treasure? It's just because he had heard his whole life that there was treasure buried somewhere. Yeah. And in Utah. And so he wanted to go find it. So I find it very interesting that the Smith family believe the same thing, especially when Mormons settled our state. It just seems kind of convenient for me. <laughs> to not be a fact. Um, 
So Joseph Smith was also known as a glass looker and was even arrested, tried and found guilty in Bainbridge, New York in 1826, where he said that he had a certain stone, which he occasionally looked at to determine where hidden treasures in the bowels of the earth were. This I had heard of, that he was actually a criminal and that he had gotten arrested before forming the church. Mm-hmm. Um, here's yeah, where he wasn't perfect. He wasn't. No, he's got a record. Um, there wasn't any research that we found um, about this, but one of the rumors that I had heard was that he was also a con man. He would. So the spiritual movement <laughs> was really big in the mid 1800s in the, in the Victorian era. Mm-hmm. It got super big after the Civil War, um, right around the turn of the 20th century with like Ouija boards and um, seances and things like that. Um. So I had heard a rumor that, you know, during the spiritualist movement, Joseph Smith had gone around saying that he could predict people's futures and that he had some type of device that he looked in and he could do this kind of like a crystal ball. Mm-hmm. And he ended up being a, defrauding a bunch of people with this. And that's why he got busted is because he was defrauding all these people and just basically more or less pickpocketing them kind of like a <laughs> a card shark on a on a street corner. It's yeah. kind of like the type of stuff that he would do. Um. So I'm wondering if this is the same, like he was a glass looker. Yeah. So now that we know that he has a little bit of mad, like there's also this weird witchcraft and magic element going into this religious uphold. We'll stop there and we'll talk about Freemasonry. <clears throat> the secret fraternal order of free and accepted Masons is believed to involve from the stone Mason guilds in the Middle Ages during a decline in the need for active working Mason. Guilds began to accept honorary members in their lodge, a term of individual guilds due to declining memberships. From there, the modern Freemasons are born. Somewhere around the 17th or 18th century, lodges began to include rites and other bits and pieces from other ancient religion orders and other uh, chival- chivalry groups of the time. In 1770, the first Grand Lodge was founded in England. A Grand Lodge is an association of lodges. Um, the structure of Freemasonry in and of itself is misunderstood by almost everyone. Um, there's different groups to the Freemasons, things like the Scottish Rite, the Shriners, and the York Rites. The Shriners with the hats. They also have a hospital. Mm-hmm. The Shriners Hospital. And they like to be in parades. They do. <laughs> um, when you are a Mason, everything starts with what's called a Blue Lodge, which consists of three degrees. First degree is entered apprentice, second degree is follow craft, and third degree is a Master Mason. If you want to join the Masons, there are ways that you can do so. Um, Ask someone you know to help you start the process of joining or uh, contact the Grand Lodge in your area or local local lodge you would like to join. Here are the requirements to be a Freemason. You have to be a male at least 18 years of age. The minimum age varies in some jurisdictions. You have to believe in the existence of a supreme being, although Freemasonry is not connected connected. Freemasonry is not concerned with theological distinctions or particular religious beliefs. Which is silly. You have to believe in that, but it doesn't count. But it doesn't count. I think it's because, we'll talk about this in a minute, but I think it's because Freemasonry originally started with the Catholic Church, and that is a religion. It also talks about Solomon and his Mason. So there's, it's, it's built upon religion, but then they kind of branched away from religion. Which I don't like. That seems suspicious to me, but that's just me and my paranoid mind. Very suspicious. So you have to be of good moral character. You have to be motivated to join for reasons unrelated to your personal gain or profit. This one makes me laugh. 
Um, <laughs> your decision to apply is based on your own free will and accord. That also makes me laugh. <laughs> Be prompted by a favorable opinion of Freemasonry. So you have to win people over as if it were a job. You can't just you go in and be like, yo, I'm a good dude. I want to be a Mason. You, you have to impress them. And... You, they have to like you. Yeah. You have to. It's just like joining a fraternity at a college. It is. Be desirous of earning knowledge and willing to conform to ancient uses and customs of fraternity. You're basically just in a college frat. Pretty much. Yeah. So they only allow men, but there are lodges like the Order of the Eastern Star, um, which is a lodge that is recognized under Masonic banner, just like the Shriners and the other sub subgroups. This lodge is open to men who are master masons and women who have family members or relatives that is a master mason. So I, I had worked with a woman who was part of the Eastern Star here in Utah. Mm-hmm. Her husband was a mason. There's a lot of religious bleeding in the Eastern Star. Um, yeah, from what I understood, like, it was almost like church. Like, they would have activities on Sundays, and they, mm. you know, focused a lot on, like, Jesus is the Eastern Star, and this, that, and the other. At least that's what she was communicating to me. When they're supposed to be, a, like, a... Non-religious. Yeah. Yeah. Always with the blurred lines. Right. Um, the... The believing in the existence of a supreme being is not exclusive to one religious uh, denomination. So there are Islam, Christian, Jewish, Hindu, and all sorts of variety of Masons throughout the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I mentioned before, Joseph Smith Sr. and Hiram were both Grandmaster Masons. So after Joseph Smith has his, you know, his time in jail for his treasure <laughs> hunting, and he has his... Um, phenomenal meeting with God and Jesus in the forest at night. And the macaroni. And the macaroni. <laughs> the angel of the macaroni. The angel of the holy macaroni. Oh. Holy macaroni. Holy That's ma- where it came from. <laughs> we got chips. Um, cheddar. Shop cheddar. So when Joseph Smith collected a following and he had established his church, he ended up in Nauvoo and they established a Nauvoo Mason law. At Lodge, not Law. Um, Same thing. <laughs> the, Bod- the Bodley Lodge in Quincy, Illinois, requested re- recommendation to establish a lodge in Nauvoo. They were denied the request because the Mormons were unknown to the members of the Bodley Lodge. Get they- away from us. You can't sit with us. Pretty much. Um, Mormons were very controversy when they first, even though this was the 1800s and there was a spiritual movement, to have a dude who came from a family that was questionable to now be saying that he was a divine prophet who saw God made a lot of people uncomfortable. Let's start our own church, Mary. We're going to. Free the knee church. Free the knee. Agile. <laughs> the agile knees. The the uh, agility jointable church. Because you got to be jointed. <laughs> That's like a tongue twister. Jointed. Can you imagine drunk people? We're going to worship that? a spider because spo- spiders yeah. are super jointed. And they have multiple they knees. They really are. But I thought we were just going to celebrate. We're just going to worship. Like, we're just going to worship knees. Like, just two knobbly knees. <laughs> Two Nobellinis. The Nobellini God. The Nobellini. And like our secret handshake's gonna be like the Charleston where we just yes! like. Yes! <laughs> oh, great man. He ain't what he used to be. Ain't what he used to be. Ain't what he used to be. Our sponsors are gonna be anti arthritic medication like Aspercream. You sponsor us, Aspercream. So when Joseph and his members were denied um, a lodge for masonry, they no petitioned. Lodge for you. 
the Columbus Lodge and received the necessary endorsement to create a lodge in Nauvoo. In December of 1841, the Nauvoo Lodge was created. Soon after, Joseph Smith and other and others applied for membership. So here's where it gets really interesting. It's because they apply for this lodge. And after they get it, they basically tell all of their members, they encourage all of their members to become Masons. And so everybody joins. Yeah, and there's this huge growth in the Mason Lodge here in Illinois. They and pretty much lose sight of being an actual Mason. Right. Because they're, they're mashing too much of their own theology with Masonry. Now they're just mashing it. And not only that, people are still uncomfortable with Mormons at this time. Mm-hmm. And this is during the time when they were taking on wives and they were doing polygamous things back in the they were doing the stuff that we're known for now but no one does that but no one does that like the fundamentalists yeah and they're not a part of actual mormons right so like you know how lutheran is a breakaway from the catholic church the same thing fundalist lds is a breakaway from mormonism so quit blurring the lines yeah they're two different things they originated from the same core but they're breakaways um, but it, during this time, there was no breakaway. And so everyone, most of the men had wives. The other thing that was disturbing about the wives is that these were young women. These were like Diddle teenagers. Club. These were like women that barely turned 18. You know, ones that could pop out babies. Yeah. These were questionable wives that these men were taking <laughs> on. Um, and it was questionable how they were gathering a lot of their members, too. It made a lot of people in the country uncomfortable. And when the growth of the lodge came about, it made the Masons incredibly uncomfortable because it was huge it was huge um the mason fraternity was worried about how big they were getting and how quickly that they decided to revoke their endorsement of the mormon lodge and no mason for you in october 1844 the grand lodge severed all ties with the nauvoo lodge and its members nauvoo masons however continued to operate their lodge independently until 1846 when the saints left illinois after arriving in utah latter-day saints did not establish n- new masonic lodges from 1925 to 1984 the grand lodge of utah prohibited members of the mormon church from joining but no other grand lodge followed this ban and latter-day saints were free to join lodges outside of utah in 1984 the grand lodge of utah officially dropped its anti-mormon position and allowed later latter-day saints to join today there is no formal obstacle in utah or any other grand lodge preventing mormons from becoming freemasons except for those grand lodges that employ the swedish rite system which requires a christian trinidadian uh trinitarian belief of its members so that's something so some freemason fraternities do have theology involved in part of its criteria obviously swedish rites do but this (laughs) was a swedes swedish i love your fish um (laughs) And your meatballs. And your meatballs. And your, your, your Lindenberry. Ooh, or Loganberry. 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 Ooh, Loganberry. Ooh, Loganberry. Ooh. So good. I love your Ikeas. <laughs> so. No ABBA? Swedish? I don't remember. I thought ABBA was British. No, they're not British. I want to say they're Swedish. I had no idea. Good they're, band, though. They're Swish Swish. They're Swish Swish. I can't get into them. They're too disco-y. Sometimes, sometimes I feel like disco. You clean and you're singing dancing queen. Pretty much. Like sometimes <laughs> disco is appropriate. Like when you want to just move and like, you know, just That's hop what, to the beat. That is what old school rap is for me. It's for I use both disco and rap. Like if yeah. I just want to beat and Get just a good like. angry clean in and you can just bump the but, bass. But you know, just, that, uh, you know that my cleaning soundtrack is Oingo Boingo's Dead Man's Party. Oingo Boingo. Because I love right. Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman. 
So this was a huge sore spot between Mormons and Masons to the point where Masons were like, F you guys, I don't, we don't want to be associated with you. Screw you guys, you're going home. There was also um, speculation that the Mormons who were there in Nauvoo when uh, Joseph Smith and his brother Hiram were murdered, they were tarred and feathered and hanged or whatever. Um, a lot of those Masons at that time felt a sore spot because supposedly Joseph Smith actually cried out to the other Masons that were in Nauvoo at the time that were not a part of the church and nobody helped him. They just Yay. let him die. <laughs> um, Justice. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, <laughs> you kind of insulted the Masons and then you asked for their help. Like, I can kind of understand. I am dying. Nope. Right? You just kick them down the Spartan hole. You just kick them. This is Masons! <laughs> and Joseph's like, no! And Hiram's like, no! And then they splat. And then they did. I was gonna do like a choir <laughs> for like, aww, like for dead. And like... so, so, with a whole Freemason talk, I think about the moment in um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail where the row of monks are doing their monk hymns and then they hit themselves in the yes. head. <laughs> yes, except for they have like said. they have like pitchforks and like <laughs> or like trowels. <laughs> so on a, on Freemasonry, one other note that I find very interesting, especially about theology and you know their supposed lack thereof, is that um, there's a story of Hiram Abiff. Hiram Abiff, or the widow's son, was King Solomon's chief ar architect and master of works at the construction of his temple. As the temple was nearing completion, three fellow craft masons from the workforce ambushed him as he leaves the building, demanding the secrets of a, of a master mason. Hiram is challenged by each in turn, and at each refu refusal to divulge the information, his assailant strikes him with a mason's tool. Ooh. He is injured by the first two assailants and struck dead by the last. His murderers hide his body under a pile of rubble, returning at night to move the body outside the city, where they bury it in a shallow grave marked with a spring of acacia. As the master is missing the next day, Solomon sends out a group of fellow craft masons to search for him. The Ooh, loose pretty tree. I have to look it again. The loose acacia. The loose acacia. Oh, damn it. The loose acacia <laughs> is accidentally discovered and the body exhumed to be given a decent burial. The hiding place of the three ruffians is also discovered, and they are brought to justice. Solomon informs his workforce that the secret word of a master mason is now lost. He replaced it with a substitute word. This word is considered a secret by masons, but for hundreds of years, various revelations of the word have been made, usually all differing from each other. One such revelation is Macbenek, or decay apparently, based on gestures given and words spoken upon the discovery of Hiram's, of Hiram's body. Of Hiram's body. So that's kind of where the whole symbolism of masonry and the connection to. And it's my understanding that in the Middle Ages, it was like the Knights of Kemplar and the Catholic Church that kind of started masonry to begin with. Um, but it liter literally masons, as in you're laying bricks and mortar mm -hmm. and you're actually building things. Because back in the day, that is what a mason yeah. was. And ironically enough, a lot of masons still own brick companies. Like Acme Brick Company was founded by masons. That's cool. Yeah. So um, there is a lot of similarities. Um, so the acacia tree? Acacia, yeah. Is the uh, 
the tree you see in the Lion King. <laughs> and it's the tree that, um... Like when he's lying, he goes to see mm-hmm. Rafiki and he's lying under yeah, the tree. Yeah, you know the cool little looking tree. Oh, the ones that kind of look like Joshua trees? Well, no. They're not Joshua trees, but that's what I think of when I Joshua see them. Joshua trees look a little different, but it's the iconic ones when you see the yeah, they look kind of like yeah, they're like more flat topped, and they go out and they're like and they look like clouds floating yeah, on branches. They're the ones that giraffes eat. Okay, the thorns off of. I wouldn't imagine. Well, I mean, like Egypt would have been because Solomon lived in Egypt, and that is Africa, so that yep. makes sense. Okay, I want to live in Egypt. Would be cool. Um, interesting enough, most Master Mason ceremonies um, do have a reenactum of uh, Hiram Abeth's murder during a degree ceremony. Um, and s- people in the audience is usually dressed as Santa. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we know what Masonry is and we know that what Mormonism is and we know mm-hmm. about Joseph Smith and his questionable upbringing, there are some similarities between masonry and mormonism specifically in the temple so in the salt lake temple Mm -hmm. and in mormon temples you'll see the following symbolism the all-seeing eye an apron beehive the square and the compass the emblem of clasped hands five points of fellowship represented by the pentagram special garments applied to initiates garment markings special hand grips the phrase holiness to the lord a new name given Blood slash death oats of secrecy with gestures of words describing specific penalties agreed to secrets are revealed. This was something that occurred up until the 1990s within the Mormon church. <laughs> so they took a survey. Members. Survey says. Said. The surveys said that the members felt uncomfortable with, with those particular, with the particular verbiage of the oath and the oath in general. So they. Blood oath. <laughs> so they changed it. Conveniently. So a lot of people who have attained hemoglobin oath. So anyone who's a member post nineteen ninety of the Mormon Church is probably not going to be familiar with this. You the star, know. the sun, the moon symbols, tabernacles, and temples. Um, so there's a couple things on these particular symbolisms I want to point out really quickly because I find them fascinating as somebody who is a pagan and is a witch and is into like <laughs> she's a witch. Ah! Don't burn me, please. <laughs> I already Don't get turn roasted. Me into a newt. <laughs> Don't turn me into a newt. Don't burn me. I already get roasted in the sun outside. You would turn me into a newt. You're the witch. I keep bringing you beverages and nothing has happened better. yet. <laughs> I got better. I got better. It's true. I appreciate these beverages. And none of them are poisoned. I know. And They're you, poisoned with deliciousness. With deli- that's the only thing. I'm a good witch. Not like Glenda. You're a good witch, not a bad, bad witch. Bad witch. I mean, <laughs> I mean, in the right, in a boudoir, I might be a bad witch. Mary's a good bad witch. <laughs> I'm only bad when you want me to be. <laughs> so, the all-seeing eye is, um, or the evil eye, the, the, the evil eye as it's called sometimes. And that's the eye on the dollar bill. That is. That's the eye on the dollar bill. Um, A lot of people will see it as like the target symbol, but it's blue. So it has like the blue iris. It has the blue pupil, the the white iris or no, the white and then the blue iris. And then like an outline of an eye that's blue as well. Mm -hmm. Um, That's like a protection symbol. The beehive Utah is the state of industry and our, we are known as the beehive hate state. hate. I love bees. I love bees too. And I, I absolutely hate that mm-hmm. our state um, symbol is a beehive when beehives are run by queen bees. 
and Mormons are patriarchal and not matriarchal. They're just setting up the foundation for when we rule. I hope so, because that insults me, that you would use a matriarchal symbol for your patriarchal... Well, they think that we're dumb punces, so they don't realize. I guess. Um, And then, pow, right in the kisser. Right in the kisser, break your teeth. Just you wait. Titties shall prevail. Titties. (laughs) Everybody loves titties. See? Everyone likes boobies. Boobies will save the world. Boobies have saved the world. Sometimes I stare at my own when I'm inebriated because I'm happy. <laughs> you, They're great. They're amazing. It gets real weird, probably. The pentagram, which is obviously yeah, involved a- in all, like, occultism and, mm-hmm. like, witchcraft. It's on, like, isn't it on every window of the temple downtown? It's on a bunch of, te- it's on, like... Um, I want to say it's on every side and then it's, like, got... Yeah. The other symbolism's right next to it, but it's above every window. Yes. And interesting enough, they use both the upright and the inverted. Mm-hmm. The inverted typically is is associated with the devil or Baphomet or Lucifer. Um, but if you go, if you know esoteric history and symbolism, it's associated with a lot of other stuff. Um, what was the other? Just like the Nazi symbol originally wasn't. Exactly, it's not. It's um, it's a Sanskrit it's just, symbol. Yeah, it's that just originally the Nazis meant like changed it. Yeah, it originally meant unity, it. and yeah. Hitler wanted to use it because he wanted the Nazis to be unified, and then that became the symbolism. But because the Nazis were shit, <laughs> yeah, it became a negative symbol. Way to go, dickheads! You gotta ruin it again. Oh god, <laughs> the sun, this the sun. God damn it! Star, sun, and moon symbols. Those are very prevalent in in a lot of occultism. They are prevalent prevalent in alchemy. They're prevalent in, like, paganism, tarot cards. The other thing that I thought was really interesting was the whole idea of Solomon, how he was um, building, you know, he was doing his masonry work on a temple, and then he was ambushed by three uh, three men. When I read that, the first thing I thought of was the Three of Pentacle cards in the tarot deck. Because it's literally a person. It's, it's literally a person, like, building the temple, and there are three pentagrams, and then there are three people in the card. And it almost makes me wonder if, masonry has influenced symbology to the point where maybe it appeared in the tarot yeah so there's a little took it from or they took it from or like they made the tarot based on stories that had been passed down and one of them had had been solomon's story Mm -hmm. um so much mystery i know mystery (laughs) building a mystery that Sarah McLaughlin song stuck but in my head. I love that you put that. That should be part of our song lift because she does talk about how the dude like thinks. I didn't think about it till now. But he, the lyrics are: <laughs> he's wearing a cross from from a religion that died before Jesus came, which is true. The cross appeared before Christianity usurped it. So she really is talking about someone who well, is really shit. obsessed with theology and obsessed with himself. So that actually that was divine right there. Divine. It was probably the ghost of Paul Walker in here. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. You're great. You are great. So one of the coolest things about this whole Mason and Mormon thing is that Mr. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who wrote Sherlock Holmes, the great detective. Great. No pun intended. actually mentions Mormons and Masonry in one of his stories. I didn't even... Of course, my brother would find Right? That. He loves Sherlock of course, Holmes. Yeah. his favorite. I was floored job, by this Zach. because, you know, this... I love how, like, 
Growing up in Utah, you don't hear about how prevalent Mormonism was around the world. No, at the time we're that it was established. Doing all of this yeah. research, it was such a controversial thing at that time in the Victorian era that it was like worldwide news. Especially when Joseph Smith started sending missionaries out to Europe and things like that. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what happened to the first missionaries. People were like, "What the fuck?" Can you imagine? What? They were probably like getting jumped all the time, like probably. taking guns pointed to them like just smashed over like with bottles of like wine and beer and shit salt them like a snail get off my property <laughs> my eyes <laughs> get off or i'll salt you like a snail i just so, to a second time so sir arthur conan doyle who was also a mason and invented sherlock holmes um wrote a story published in 1887 that ties into that has a tie with Mormonism and Masonry. So the story has a newly teamed up duo, duo investigating a murder in the abandoned house on Bricks on Brixton Road. And the second half of the story, titled "The Country of the Saints," takes place in Salt Lake Valley in 1847, which would have been um, wow. right when the Mormons had come into the valley and settled here. The Mormons. So John Ferrier and a little girl named Lucy. Lucy happened to be Joseph Smith's mother's name. Lucy. The only survivors of a small party of pioneers are rescued from death by a large party of Latter-day Saints led by Brigham Young, but only on the condition that they adopt and live under the Mormon faith. So years later, a now-grown Lucy befriends and falls in love with a man named Jefferson Hope. However, Young forbids her from marrying outside of the faith and demands that she marry either Joseph Strangerson or Enoch Dreber, both sons of members of the Church Council of Four. Ferrier, who has adopted Lucy and sworn to never marry his daughter to a Mormon, immediately sends word to Hope. Lucy is given one month to choose between her suitors. Hope finally arrives on the eve of the last day, and they all escape under the cover of darkness. The Mormons intercept the escapees while Hope is away hunting, as their food has run out. Ferrier is killed while Lucy is forcibly married married to Drebber and dies a month later from a broken heart. Hope breaks into the Drebber's house the night before Lucy's funeral to kiss her body and remove her wedding ring. He swears vengeance on Drebber and strange stranger son but he begins to suffer from an aortic aneurysm causing him to leave the mountains to earn money and recuperate when he turned returns several years later he learns that drebber and stranger have fled salt lake city after a schisms between the mormons hope pursues them eventually tracking them to cleveland then to europe so in this story there are all kinds of things from blood oath rituals the character named lucy like i mentioned a vigilante group called the uh Danite Band was a Mormon fraternal organization founded in Ju- June of 1838 in Missouri and took a central role war sorry a central <laughs> role in the Mormon war. And then there's also the name Enoch Drebber. So Enoch is a Freemasonry that shares a lot of similarities with Joseph Smith and here's why. Enoch was the son of Jared. He was the sixth son in it, he was the sixth Son. Lots of tongue twisters. Oh, God. I'm struggling, folks. I'm struggling. You got this. Plastic pickles. Papa pa. He was the sixth son in descent from Adam, the sixth son of God. Adam. God appeared to him in a vision. A mountain seemed to rise from the heavens, and Enoch was transferred to the top, thereof where he beheld a triangular plate of gold, upon which some characters where he received a strict injunction never to pronounce. Presently, he seemed to be lowered perpendicularly into the bowels of the earth through nine arches in the ninth or deepest, oh God, deepest, (laughs) in the ninth or deepest of which he saw the same brilliant plate, which was strewn, which was shown to him, God damn it, which was shown to him in the mountain. Enoch being inspired by the most high and in commemoration of this wonderful vision built a temple underground. This happened in that part of the world, which was afterwards 
known by the name the Holy Lands. Oh. So basically, um, Enoch, Enoch, perceiving that knowledge of the arts was likely to be lost in the general destruction and being desirous of preserving the principles of sciences, he built two great pillars on top of the highest mountains, the one of brass, the other of marble, and he engraved the marble pillar hieroglyphs. He engraved on the pillar of brass the principles of liberal arts, particularly masonry. The pillar, pillar of brass withstood the water by which means the ancient state of the liberal arts and the particular masonry has been handed down to us. So it's almost like the exact same story of like Joseph's come to Jesus moment only for a Mason. <laughs> and whereas Joseph was a Mason and was raised by a Mason and then made his members Masons, it leaves one to wonder how much was actually Joseph Smith's life and how much was taken from stories he heard growing up. That's a very good point. So you're a Mason. You're a Mason. We're Everybody's a Mason. Masons. We're all Masons. Except for Kira and I, because we're women and they hate women. Well, unless we're like one of those sects off of it. Yeah, the Eastern Star. Yeah. Unless we're an Eastern Star person. I'm going to make my own religion. <laughs> we're going to. That's right. So now that we've mashed so much information into your brains about Mormons and Masons. Mm-hmm. Did you feel it? Does your head hurt? Does your head? Because my head hurts after talking about it. I got a big head and it hurts. It's so crammed. <laughs> so if we were partying, Kira, with Mormon masons, let's say we're laying brick, slathering down some mortar. <laughs> mortar. <laughs> what's playing in the background while we work? Let's see. Well... I'll let you go first, Mary. You want me to go first? <laughs> yeah. I get first Plot pick on twist. the radio? Yeah, you get first uh, yeah. pick on the radio. Man, this bricklaying shift's going to be the best because I get to radio <laughs> DJ first. Yeah. So since we're talking a lot about religious mm-hmm. stuff, and even though masonry isn't technically a religion, I feel like they dabble in the in the holy water a little bit too much mm-hmm. to not be considered religious. So on that note, I have two songs by The Damned, because I love yes. The Damned. They are great. I have Anti-Pope by The Damned, yeah, which is basically them talking about how they nick the collection plates and everybody's a sheep. <laughs> then I have Amen by The Damned. It's funny, because I was going to put some Damned on my list, but I'm like, no, Mary's probably going to You know I got that cornered. So I had to get creative. I'm glad you did, because I love The Damned. Um, because we're talking about old school Jesus era. Jesus. Jeebus. Little sweet baby Jeebus. Seven pound, three ounces. <laughs> hay in a manger. I have a song called Rise, Lazarus, Rise. Because Lazarus in the Bible was the first person to be resurrected by Jesus. Ooh. But there is a, um, I guess I call him like an electronic artist. Uh-huh. Um, but his, the band is called Rufus Rex. That sounds really familiar. Do you know who Creature Feature is? Yes. So it's the singer from Creature Feature. It's his other project called Rufus Rex. Oh. So it's it's kind of like mindless self-indulgent type music. Uh-huh. I love Rufus. But it's a little more it's a little more poppy and upbeat with Rufus Rex as opposed to Creature Feature. Sweet. But I have that song. <laughs> um when talking about the Mormons particular, I have three songs for those. Because Mormons are all about family dynamics, we're a happy family by the remotes. 
Yes. Because even though it might look like a happy family, <laughs> there might be some shady shit going on always. in that family. There always is. How about a little God by Tori Amos <laughs> to get some angsty female voice up oh, in this? Oh, you brought some tea. <laughs> up in this patriarchal, <laughs> right? And some some hip jiving on her piano stand like she's making love to it. That's so awkward when you watch her and she's like really jiving. Is. She's such a good singer. Like, like, dude, quit gyrating onto your she, piano. She's such a good pianist, though. Like, she kills it. She's a good pianist. She is. It looks like she's writing a pianist when she's mm-hmm. playing her piano. Well, she gets real into her work. She gets real into it. Real she's got the hip it. swaying all the time. <laughs> Gotta gyrate. Oh. Control by Poe, because <laughs> I don't know about you, but being a part of Masonry or Mormonism sounds really controlling. Yeah. Like, you got a lot of rules, like God's True. a controlling person. What if God was one of us, Mary? There would be a party down here all the time. Always. Wine everywhere. Every drop of water would be wine. Everywhere. Hmm. And then my last song, because it wouldn't be a Mason episode without it, <laughs> would be... We do from the Simpsons, which is <laughs> yes! the Stonecutter song. <laughs> Who keeps Martians under wrap? We do. We do. We do. Who makes Steve Gutenberg a star? We do. Yeah, he's not we a star do. anymore. Not anymore, but in the 90s, he, he was. was. <laughs> so that's what I'd be listening to as we're slathering on our mortar and laying our bricks. <laughs> So mine yes. would be, you got to take a break, and I'm partying with Mr. Joe. Mr. Joseph. Mr. Joseph. Mr. Joe Jr. So. Praying in the middle of the woods in I'm the night. I'm busting out some Iggy Azalea. <laughs> Cream. Because it's about the money. Yes. And the power. Ooh. And the ass. Polygamy. Yeah. Ass. Mason Mormons. And then as... You, if you want to lay mortar, you can go get it, get it, get it, get it, get it, go. This is a good song choice. Yes, it's What's very next? catchy. The next one is Dear God by Dax. Yes. It's actually really, really good. It's like a, I was YouTubing some song inspirations. Yeah. It's actually good because you like questions and he's like, what the hell, God? And then he's I like, love but it. I still believe in you at the end. It was pretty cool. I kind of wish Joseph would have asked, what the hell, God? You want me to go dig up some plates? Get out yeah. of here. Yeah, why are you sending me these weird blinding people? Right. And one named after macaroni. <laughs> Come on now. Okay, ready for this one? Yep. I don't think you are. I might not be. So to dabble in the weird, crazy conspiracy aspect of this. Yes. Weird Al. <gasps> foil. Yes. <laughs> I love that you put Weird Al in this. I gotta have Weird Al. Next part? Yes. Also goes with the crazies? Yes. But it's more heavy metal. Tell me. Butcher babies. <gasps> they're coming to take me away. Yes. <laughs> so perfect. Yes. And then Mozart music. <gasps> the Masonic funeral music K477. That's so perfect. It is. Like that would be like the theme song to the Mormons traveling from Nauvoo to Salt Lake. Yep. That's their march it's song. It's pretty cool too. Like. Mo- you can't go wrong with Mozart. I know. I you love can't. classical, so, though. But he's, like, him in particular, he's so brilliant. Yeah. And for, like, the the dark, eerie... Yes. How um, you... Yes. Masonic side mm-hmm. um, stuff, 
Ramstein. <gasps> Deutschland. I love it. And you want to know why I love it? Is because when the Nazis had their regime in Germany, they were all about being like devout Christians too. It's great. And then my last one. I'm busting out my Italian. <gasps> Lacuna coil, trip the darkness. I like it. All for the creases. Yes. Yes. Because if it weren't for the darkness, Joseph wouldn't have been able to see Jesus, mm-hmm. supposedly. And Joseph's like, follow me, follow me. As follow I trip me into the, the darkness. darkness. One more time. I love Christina Scavia. It's a good list. She's great. So is yours. I I just like songs that make fun of religion. Like I love the dam. Like one of the reasons why <laughs> I love the dam so much. Dam. Yeah, one of the reasons why I love the dam so much is that not only are they punk rock and goth, but they talk mad shit about religion and politics in their mm-hmm. songs. Like mad shit. Just like we do. It's true. I love them. <laughs> So it wouldn't be a horror occult show without Silver Fox. That's right. Mm, shimmery. Shimmery goodness. So who, who, who would be our Silver Fox today? Our Silver Fox of the day is... Are you ready? Drum roll. Yes. Drum roll. I suck at drum rolls. Look at it. Matthew Lillard, SLC Punk, SLC Punk. He was Steve-O. He's also, what's his name? Stu in Scream. In Scream. Mm -hmm. He was also in a a movie called The Curve Mm -hmm. with the chick that played Felicity. I don't remember her name. Uh, But the show Felicity, that actress. And then Michael Vartain, which was in uh, Alias. Yeah. It's a pretty decent movie. He's in so many things. He's a Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. So, but All you, Mr. Matthew Lillard, who has done the SLC punk, who has been to Utah, who has made fun of the, the Salt Lake City Temple, you are our Silver Fox today. Woo! Silver Fox of the week! Silver Fox. You are he, hot. He, he's not horribly attractive, but he's attractive enough not he's, to pass up the opportunity to have sex with He is like the goofy hot. He is. He's like smart and goofy. You know, he's the type that would hint of attraction. Yes. And he looks much better with his like beard, like his goatee Van Dyke thing he's got going on with mm-hmm. his mustache and his beard. Yeah. He he's seems got like a cute smile. He does because he has dimples. <gasps> he's got the dimples. He's got. He and I have the dimples. You're a pair of dumplets with we, your dimples. That's right. Because we are more than one. <laughs> we are a group of. Of pimples, I was gonna say dimples, dimples, not pimples. dimples. <laughs> we are a group of dimples. Matthew seems like the type of guy that, right as you know, you're about to start coitus, he like makes you <laughs> laugh really hard because he does something or says something ridiculous. Do you think he would high five during coitus? I think he would high five after. After, yeah, like after he gave you a really good performance, he'd be like <laughs> high five. <laughs> I can see that? Yes. Maybe we should do a second take. Matthew Lillard. Yes. Like a second take it? No, no, no. I mean, like, he would be, tell you, oh, like, would, after like, you had coitus, he would he be like, like, let's go for a second take. Then he tag-teams you in. Yeah, again. and then he tag-teams you in. Because apparently you weren't in the first set of coitus. It was just him. Well, no, you took a break, and then he's like, oh, <laughs> He did the intermission. <laughs> yeah. Because he, he knows how to treat a lady. He does. <laughs> Matthew Dillard, Lillard. We love you. Matthew Lillard, we love you. We love you. You're a silver fox with your dimply face and your 
And your horror and SLC punk movies. You're amazing. Yes. You're amazing and we love you. And you now join the ranks of all of our silver foxes. All of our silver foxes. All of them. Which isn't a whole lot right now. Not yet. But (laughs) again, a special shout out to all of you that are listening. Your hundred downloads. Thank you. Yeah. Prepare for another drunk episode. Yes. We're stoked that you like us so much. That you like our shenanigans. Spread us around... (laughs) I always say that. Spread us around. <laughs> Spread us around like herpes. Yeah. Because you're Spread not us around like COVID. Us. We're fine. No way. Then people can get vaccinated from us. Herpes, herpes is much worse than COVID. I'm just going to say it. Okay? I know. You I, can't. I would rather be associated with being spread like COVID but than herpes. But here's the thing, though. You can't get rid of herpes. I'm Touché. saying we're in it for the long we're run. We're in it for the long run. We're <laughs> going to ruin your herpes. junk forever. We, we are going to be all up in that junk it could be in your face. That's what cold sores are. Her- it's true. Herpes. They're, they're just we could be on your face or in your pants, whichever. Or both. <laughs> if it's picky. a really good night and we're not tired, both. <laughs> Depends how much have we had to drink. <laughs> should follow us on our Instagram, our Facebook group, and Twitter. And Twitter. Mary, what are they? <laughs> you can find us on any one of those platforms at yes. 801 H O R R O R zero C C U L T. So eight oh one horror occult. The zeros are actually O's because that's a Utah thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like I'm double O ho. Double O ho. Zero zero. Yes. Like James Bond. Yes. Thanks for joining us today <laughs> for Mormons and Masons. Keep Mormon. listening to us if you liked what you heard. Thanks. If you know friends who would giggle at our just randomness. Or if you want to torture them. Send them our way. Next episode! Haunted Schools of Utah! But join us next time because we're going to do another drunken episode and we're going to do hard liquor with shots. Oh lord. And our old la- lady body livers might not be able to take it. Our old livers. Our old livers. What subjects are we doing next week, Mary? I don't know if we've decided. We did. I've got it written down Oh wait, somewhere. is it uh, Haunted Schools of Utah? Growing up in Utah. We're going to talk about the horrors of haunted schools in Utah and what it's like growing up in Utah. The horrors of growing up in Utah. Yep, because we're getting into spooky season. We're on the cusp of spooky season. So we're going to start with spooky school episodes. We are. But I'm growing up, which is scary. Which is equally as scary as the haunted building. I was a hell growing up. So was I. I was also the devil. And much like Zach, I was very much a phantom in school in that I was never there. <laughs> Zach wanted to murder me, probably. <laughs> because again, I was the devil. The devil. Now I'm so cool. That's pissed me off. It's true.